Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, ooh, brother, hilarious uh, comedian who somehow molded radio as his uh, premier vehicle that just took off. The great Phil Hendry. We're going to be talking to Phil in a sec. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. All Things Comedy, your one-stop website for virtually anything funny. Just Google it, All Things Comedy. We got Advice Corner, Fiery Four, Pop Quiz coming up. Good show. And as always, before we get to my guest, Phil Hendry, time for the Waterhouse Update brought to you by Bananas. The bananas guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. College football, Bama's Tua Tagovailoa. Hip-wrecked in Tuscaloosa, said Nick Saban. Shake it off! Iowa beat Minnesota in a game Al Gore thought was tedious. Iowa State kicker. Walk-off field goal over Texas. Then he gets injured celebrating. He was rushed to Iowa's John Deere medical silo, where he was treated for stupidity and released. Ohio State spanked Maryland like a gum chewer in Singapore, and Baylor choked worse than an asthmatic at a vape shop. That wrap-up brought to you by Gesundheit's, the leotards that help cut your sneezing in half, and Porn on the Cob, Iowa's number one adult store. NFL, more flags this weekend than a desperate used car dealership. Cincinnati getting beat like a Mormon in the World Series of Poker. Cleveland's Miles Garrett suspended by ripping off Mason Rudolph's helmet and hitting him in the head with it. But he qualified for the Olympic hammer throw team. Baltimore, like a stripper with rent due tomorrow, they just keep coming at you. Colin Kaepernick worked out for eight NFL teams who need quarterbacks. Said the teams, we'll talk to Mitch McConnell and let you know. And the Bears are fading faster than a 33-year-old Hooters waitress. That wrap-up brought to you by tea. When there's no other choice but scalding water, try tea. And Airbnb, it's not an app, it's just a crowbar. NBA, Portland signs Carmelo Anthony. That's like Foo Fighters adding Kylie Jenner. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1979, the place, the airspace over Kansas. On a flight to Austin, Texas, Daniel Okrent sketched out the first rules for rotisserie baseball, spawning the fantasy sports craze and guaranteeing the United States would become number one in squandered workforce hours. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by KafkaAsk.com. Ask any question and get a befuddling answer at KafkaAsk.com. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, great comedian and actor who absolutely stood talk radio on its ear, and uh, that is not an easy way to stand. Totally reshaped talk radio and radio humor. Now hosts his own incredible podcast, Phil Hendry, Phil, how are you today? How are you, man? What a pleasure. You man. look fantastic. You have the <laughs> athletic body type of a 1950s NFL coach. Yeah, If you put a thin tie and one of those Tom Landry hats on you, uh, you're going 9-3. There it is, man. I, I, I wish I, I wish for those days. I long for those days. Yeah, those are great days. Hank, uh, Hank didn't wear a hat, Hank Stram, but he was rotund and... Uh, 
Yes. He, 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 didn't, he didn't curse. He was always like, way to go, boys. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the 34 toss power trap. I remember that one. <laughs> That's 34 toss. He screamed it like nine times. 34 toss power trap. We'll let anybody 34 toss power trap. And yeah. finally, they ran it, gained 11 yards, and he went, see? 34 toss power trap. trap. Right, That's right. all he said on anybody, the sideline. Anybody, like anybody he could find. Yeah, yeah. Anybody he could find. It's incredible. And now, you grew up right here in Southern California. Yeah. I, I find yeah. that hard to believe, and yet you've done it. I did. I did yeah, well, growing up is. Relative chat, but uh, I did, and uh, I've got actually. I was looking at my website the other day because I have some home movies of our, our family at a Dodger game at the Coliseum. With wow, the old, with the old clock in the end. And, Holy, uh, how did yeah. they divvy up that place for I, baseball? I was looking. You, the Dodgers started there. They had what was called the screen in. in uh, I guess it's called a screen anywhere, but it was a big high screen. And right, made out of a wire <laughs> in left field. And Wally Moon, the old timers remember Wally Moon sure. had the moon shot. He knew how to hit that ball and arc it over that screen, the moonshine. Yeah. Moon getting the fungo bat out, and it's a three-run homer. Yeah. Hey, 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 where'd you go to school? A lot of football. Oh, I went to uh, Holy. I went to Camino Grove uh, Elementary, and then I went to Holy Angels in Arcadia. Holy was, Angels, yes, oh, brother. It was, it was, that's, uh, uh, that's that's real. That's way Catholic. That's yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. That's you're in heaven. You go there. You've already got your, yeah, that's your tickets punched. Yeah. The nuns uh, <laughs> scare the brothers, who right. then scare the priests. That's when I first saw women covered head to toe, and so the burkas don't scare me. <laughs> yeah, the nuns were already. But um, then came LaSalle, and then one year at Arcadia High, and then Pasadena City College for a year, and then I hitchhiked to Florida and. And that's where he started. <laughs> gave up on life. Yeah, that's where he started. He radio, gave up yeah. on life and got into radio. Got into radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, I, well, what in you decided? Hey, uh, there's nothing out here for me. I got to. I got to hitchhike to Florida. I got to risk. Well, that was back when you didn't really risk your life hitchhiking. Back then, it was like on the road, Jack Kerouac. Yeah, it was yeah, an it was, adventure. It was still, still a hippie thing. Yeah. And now yeah. it's certain death. It is. Yeah. Um, and I still may make that trip by thumb. Maybe on the way back. That's the way. To, that's the way. To end there you all. go. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you, you just wanted to get out. And wherever you grow up, even if it's a exciting place like New York City or, or Hollywood or something, you want to go and see the world, and that's kind of, that was me seeing the world. It went from L.A. to Orlando, and I, sorry about that, folks, I can't, you can't explain it either. But. Yeah, it is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, like a, like a girlfriend or something. At some point, you go, hey, hey, hey they got to break up or move away. <laughs> yeah, even if she's, like, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, the, the city, like, even New York City, I'm sure there's people wandering around there, I got to get out of I got to get out of this place, Omaha. it's boring, yeah. It beckons. Yeah. But, I mean, we went to, I worked in construction, because they were building Disney World, and that's where, uh. I actually have a distinction. You worked check. in construction? Yeah, I was a cement finisher and a rod buster, and uh, that's actually breaking rebar. Wow. And, uh, Did you work on labor. Disney World? Yeah, we, we worked in the periphery. We, we actually built, if anybody knows Disney World, they have a place called the Tree Houses. We worked on those. We built those, and we built out the Bay Hill where Arnold Palmer's. Yeah, sure, the, the golf course there. Worked on that, yeah. That's and, the uh, big one there. Yeah, a lot of stuff was happening in construction work. Um then all the rich people came, and I said, well, I can't live here anymore. And so, yeah, you know, the rent's kind of skyrocketed. Got into radio, yeah. But I have a distinction. While in Orlando, um, Chet, I was a PA announcer at the World Football League game between the, the Florida Blazers and the Hawaiians. Remember the old WFL? Anybody yes, there? Yeah. sure. They hired me uh, from the radio station I was at, WKSA. So we need a guy to do the thing. I go, what do I do? I just go out. Just The guy will be there because everything was last minute, you know? <laughs> I get out there, and it was so messed up because I don't. I love football, but I don't know what you know, the, the, the hand signals mean. So I had to. I, I had a little guide. Meanwhile, the poor guy sitting next to me was keeping time. He didn't know how to do it, and they had all these stoppages in the first half. Yeah, the brother. From, and the Hawaii Television Network was there, going, "Where are all those stoppages in the first half? Huh? 
Some guy from Honolulu in a flowered shirt, and he's going nuts. But yeah, and so, so you actually have play-by-play experience it was, at a it was, major league level, which I do not have. Well, it was PA announcing public address. Oh, yeah. so you were you were. I was uh, the guy who went first down, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and ball carried by I don't know who. And then finally they came and said, "Why don't you knock that off and just plug the souvenir store?" Okay, <laughs> I said, sure, "Okay, well, that's the WFL." So the whole second half, people because the booth was open to the crowd. I'm sitting here going, and don't forget the. So finally, people turn around. Well, you knock it off with that souvenir store already. Been there eight times, man. We got it already. Yeah. We got our peanuts and a hat. <laughs> that anecdote brought to you by Knitways Expand a Belt Funnel Pants. Pour any belly into a pair of Knitways and Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience. What exactly <laughs> is your best athletic moment from your life? Yeah, it could have happened when you were three years old. Could have happened uh, getting out of your car in the parking lot. Uh, whatever you th- uh, you have a memory that sticks out in your head where you went, oh, you know, I got that one. That one I did. That one I that one I nailed. I was in flag football at Holy Angels. Perfect. Sure, we were playing an. I was in flag football at Holy Rosary. Holy, Our Lady of Holy Rosary of Pompeii. Seriously. That might out Catholic uh, Holy Angels. <laughs> it sounds like it. You got a big long. Nice, yeah, it's, fat a, it's name actually there, a diagrammed sentence. Is the title <laughs> of the school I went to? It's ridiculous. Pompeii, Italy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I mean, but I, uh, yeah, I was playing flag football and I picked off a pass, ran in for a touchdown. And my best friend to this day, great guy named Don Olander, who's now retired and working at UCLA, making money, still. Uh, threw the key block as I went into the end zone. I remember that above. All the other, well, that was it. That's fantastic. All the other ones. Yeah, Yeah, but it's interesting because there was the flags. Now that you mention it, you had the flags that you had to pull off. But blockers (laughs) could literally just flatten a kid. Floor a guy. No helmet, nothing. No pads. Yeah, Yeah. no helmet. Yeah, you can can still get really hurt in that game. Yeah, jeans and a handkerchief in your back pocket. That was the padding you had. I got got upended in school. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I I was catching a ball as we do jumping up and a kid came in underneath me took the legs I, out and i fell right up there on the small the, the high part of the back of the neck and i remember getting up and everything tingling yeah and the world kind of vibrating and i didn't yeah, know at the trouble. time but years later i'm thinking i probably missed a you know like a, a big nfl daryl stingley moment there yeah you know? yeah or you, you probably should have been put in concussion protocol, <laughs> protocol yeah uh, but back then they, they just Holy told Angels, you to, yeah. Yeah, they, they had said, concussion protocol for the nuns but yeah they, the kids, <laughs> go to <laughs> confession That's what the, that was the recommendation <laughs> just shake it off for god's sake uh, no, so, so you, you you hitchhike to florida and then you're doing construction, and then you, uh, what, what, at what point did you yeah. go, I'm not rod busting anymore, I'm doing well, radio. I, I loved radio from the time I was five years old, because we traveled back to Canada to visit my grandparents, and I listened to the radio. I just, for some reason, fell in love. I can, st- I can remember, this is no, no kidding, hearing them announce Buddy Holly's death, and, wow. and it was like, it was, I was, couldn't have been more than five or six, but I remember how sedate everything was that day on the radio, and the, and the announcers talking about it. And it was wow, yeah. Out. But, One of their own. Yeah, yeah. The um, music guy helped radio a ton, Buddy Holly. <laughs> Buddy Holly, yeah. And, um, his passing was almost like, you know, the death of uh, a pope or Kennedy or something, you know. So um, I said, I got to do that. I'm kidding about that part. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought the radio was great because I used to ride my bike to Carol A. I'd looked at, saw Casey Kasem working over there, saw Bob Eubanks when he was a district. Wow. And all these guys. So I am in construction, and my one of my buddies, Todd Thyssen, says to me, well, you know, my brother-in-law is Bill Barber at WLOF. I said, yeah, cool. That was a local rock station in Orlando. And Billy came over one day to sit and have a beer. 
And he's saying things like, well, you guys are in construction. Ah, the sun's rising when you go to work. Yeah, I got that burning into my eyeballs at 6 o'clock in the morning. So he said to me, well, make a tape, you know, and uh, take it around to some stations. And I said, what kind of tape? He said, commercials. Just do anything. So I literally sat down with whatever, I guess a cassette recorder, and I, I made up commercials out of the print ads I saw in the newspaper. And I did a, a, a small newscast. And I took it around to as many stations as I could find um, and mailed it in the Orlando area, and I got hired by the station Winter Park WBJW 1440. Wow! Later on, I worked for WKIS, so you got a kiss at 740, BJ at 1440. <laughs> but I was, you know, so there I was, and yeah, that was the beginning, man. Made they couldn't even censor you on that <laughs> one, because that was the truth. Yeah, BJ they used to say 1440. BJ 105. You know, you, <laughs> you're listening to BJ. And I'm thinking, do these people know what they're building on here? That's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, that was it. It was midnight to six uh, at four. At, wow! It, it was a directional station in suburban Orlando. So, as Jim Boynton used to say, at night during the daytime, the signal—if if people know that the old AM signals used to go in different directions at night—you would pick yeah. it. And at night, as Jim said, there's nothing but fish and rockets out there, Phil, because where the signal <laughs> went headed to Cape Canaveral and in the ocean. So that's who I was broadcasting to. But. Hey, it was a start. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. A start, yeah. And yeah, that could bounce anywhere. I mean, I remember as a kid in Wisconsin, I used to get a Harry Abraham out of WHAM in Rochester, New York. Sweet. Yeah. 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 Those are really magical moments for me. Yeah. yeah those, those are great shows. Uh, so you started there yeah. overnight. And that's kind of now, is that where you decided, uh, or when did you decide, I can't, I, I can't, I can't just uh, read the call letters anymore and, and do the ads. I got, I, I got something else in me here. Yeah. Uh, the voices and things like that. Yeah, that, and, took, that took 17 years, man, from 1973 to about 1990 to, to finally get up the guts yeah. to do what was happening inside my head because it was not very, you know, either that it was, it didn't feel healthy, you know. Right, right. Uh, and so, yeah. So or I got, profitable. Speaking of being fired, I got fired about three or four times and then finally said, you know, I can't do this anymore, man. I, I, I knew what I wanted to do and uh, I didn't want to do characters. I want to do a little bit of theater. And just by, at that point, Rush Limbaugh had happened two years before and say what you will about his politics, his presentation was really professional. It was very funny. He was Good a radio real, guy. It was a great radio presentation, and, and Rush brought a lot of entertainment into the talk format that hadn't existed before. So I thought, I'm going to do that. And I made a tape of, again, you know, only this time I wasn't writing commercials out of the newspaper or anything. Right, right. And I sent it around, and I knew that I was on the right track because a big station in Philadelphia turned me down with the following letter. They said, funniest thing I've ever heard, I can't hire you. And oh. I thought, okay, that's pretty cool because that's a big station. So it's, yeah. Anyway, um, that means you're on the right track. Diane Rim was the program director. Yeah, yeah. I from a humor standpoint, you're going my my compass is pointing the right, <laughs> the right direction. direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that, and I finally got hired of all places because I sent tapes everywhere. Chet, I mean, I sent them to Ainsley, New York, places I never heard of, and maybe they didn't exist. Maybe. Ainsley, uh, New York. Yeah, that's yeah. home of the uh, the Leaf Blower Championships. I've called those. <laughs> Awesome, you know yeah, what I missed, and those were sponsored by Stiff and Salty Pretzels. They always taste older than they are. I will never forget that. That was yeah. our sponsor for the leaf blower. I got to get some of those uh, pretzels because <laughs> talk about stiff and salty. I uh, anyway, so I got to tell you, I finally got hired in Ventura, California, not thirty, forty miles up the beach from us. Where you grew yeah, up, yeah, boom, and boom, I went up there, and I, I don't know that those folks knew what hit him. I'm not sure I knew what I was hitting him with, but I started just doing these voices, you know, and uh, it just so happened, like they say, all you know, life can work out. 
the, uh, I shouldn't say that the war helped my career along, but it did. You know, the Gulf War was, was starting. And so I had this uh, Iraqi, you know, I start to, uh, and I decided, I think I'll pretend like I'm an Iraqi and I feel sick. Phil Andrew is sick uh, today, but let's talk about uh, what uh, Saddam has been doing. You know, at every button I thought to push, I pushed. And on this little station that only was 1,000 watts in a market of about 600,000 people, man, we started getting bang, and the calls were banging in. My, my engineer's going like this. Stop! And, and I go, what? He goes, they want to talk to the Iraqi. What am I supposed to do? I said, put them through. You know, I, I didn't know we would get calls. Right, right. I, I just thought uh, I'd piss people off and have some fun doing it, you know. I, which I never really ever, even to this day, want to piss people off. I always want to have fun. Right, right. But, yeah, you know, it's, you tend to piss some people off. And, so, so then they call, and they start you don't call. really even, does it go through your head, hey, this is a whole structure? Or do you just go, ah, yeah, just send through the calls and we'll you, see what happens. Yeah, you send through the calls and see what happens. You're thinking, that's going to last like two days, three days, four days. And, in fact, in a market that size, it lasted as long as the Gulf War was really hot and as things began to tail out there, then the calls tailed out. And, and that would, sort of became a second phase for me, learning how to fill three hours of airtime with no phone calls. And I refused wow. to do guests. I refused to have real guests. Why did you do that? Uh, they, I don't know how to interview people, Chet. <laughs> like you do. I don't. <laughs> I just don't know how to interview real people. Well, yeah, but well, you got so many in your head. Now, d- yeah. does, does a, do you go out looking for a character, or does it find you? Are there... Are there are, Finite number in your head, but a big number, and they just keep coming at you. They'll, I'll, they will come at me. I mean, I, I find them, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a cat named Gary Spivey who's an astrologer, radio astrologer, sort of talks like this a little bit, you know. Well, from that I developed, and then I heard Al Gore speaking on the floor of the Senate one day saying, and Mr. President, I'm thinking, this is Al Gore. He lisps. <laughs> and suddenly I got this character, Doug Danger who is a gay man and a gay journalist, but I made him very uh, political. I didn't do any sexual. I'm a gay man and a gay journalist. And, uh, and, and Doug would, like, choose off people and, like, grab guys and hold them by the lapel and be, threaten to beat their asses. And I turned him into a very aggressive, angry, ready-to-duke-it-out duke gay guy so that when all these gay-bashing straight guys ordinarily would make fun with the lisping thing, they didn't know what to do with this guy. Hey, I heard you say you're gay about 15 times. Yeah, I'm going to say it again, too, huh? Hey, who'd you vote for, man? Bush? Oh, yeah? No, instead of, like... Is it, uh, um, he's, uh, we would bait him with things like, um, you know what, man, I think gay marriage is just a great thing. Who'd you vote for? Bush? Oh, yeah? Now I really think gay marriage is a good thing. <laughs> you know, try to piss people off. So way. the notion was really, uh, let's see how many calls we can get. I'll keep inventing people who might provoke yeah. and response. You're all, yeah, and you, and you uh, find, after you do it enough times, you find out what's organic. What are the, who are the groups that call? I, I found a pocket of callers that were fantastic pilots. Pilots. Airline pilots? Any kind of pilot. The oh, minute man. you step into their zone, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a pilot. I know all. Of so I came up with a character named I'm Art Griego, and I fly out of Santa Monica. And uh, do you drink, Art? I do a little bit, but it's, it's, that's, it's not as bad as you think. You are allowed a certain amount of alcohol on a flight, you know. So naturally, you got a <laughs> pilot's colors. You know. And then the other thing is, well, you know, Phil, we really don't know what makes an aircraft fly. <laughs> Uh, we just, just stuff like that. Any pilot listening is like, what is he talking about? So you get all those guys. All the, the greatest caller in the world is a senior citizen, African-American female. Anyway. The greatest caller on earth. Energy, articulation, and, and time had, to burn. The world has been dumping on her long enough. <laughs> and she, Let me tell you something right now. Okay. <laughs> you go down the street on three legs. One of them be my boot up your ass. You know, this kind of stuff. Uh, then we had uh, veterans were always great. Um, parents, 
Kid issues were always magnificent. So, so where'd you get to uh, Vernon Dozier? That's clearly uh, that's, one of my that's <clears> Coach <throat> Vernon Dozier from uh, Belmar, uh, which got off to a rocky start this year. But I think they've closed strong. <laughs> so- I think Belmar's closed strong. Yeah, they they had yeah. to take on a uh, Father Grimm. Father Grimm, and yeah, yeah, it was never strong in the run game. I Bishop Upner, yeah. <laughs> that guy is the the coach of my kids in high school. A guy named a great guy named uh, Bill Riddell, who is a legend in uh, high school football in Southern California, and Bill. Talk just like that. Hey, and he used to call me coach because he, he would listen to Vernon. Hey, hey, coach, let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, hey, I'll tell you, Guyberson, one of his head his assistants, Paul Guyberson, great guy. Yeah, Guyberson is a TWA pilot. You know what that is, right? Said, no, just sit down, turn on autopilot, go to sleep. That's what Guyberson did for 20 years. <laughs> Giving him crap like that. Paul told me a story. I, I, should I love guys like that that, have, yeah. that, 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 that are living yeah. funny. Yeah. They're funny people. Yeah. And never dawned on them, well, I should go into comedy. This guy, what are you, crazy? crazy? Well, and, and another guy. <laughs> I run guy. a construction business. Yeah. I knew a guy like that who would have these stories about, like, uh, deaths in the construction business. But the way he told them, <laughs> yeah. they were hilarious. He'd have a drink, and he's rolling around the ice, and they're just clinking, clinking. And then he'd go, I remember once, a guy got rolled right up in a carpet machine. Yeah. <laughs> and he got it right into a grinder. <laughs> Hell, damnedest thing you ever saw. That's Dad, anyway, you guys ready for bar? <laughs> I just love guys who are yeah. funny in life like well, that. Well, that's one of the other guys that Coach Dozier is based on was my high school coach named PJ Phil Duffy Lewis. <laughs> now you gotta so hear you Duffy. got three names and a nickname. And uh, can I use four letter? Yes, go for it. And we're freshmen, and he's got a, a, a. This is our coach, and he's got a school seat in one of the desks. He says, "Mr. F- Mr. Frey, come on down here." Uh, it's Fry, Coach Frey. Come on down here. You know. <laughs> You're never now, wrong. what does it say on the back of that desk? He was the Mr. F- uh, Coach Lewis always made us get our haircuts. What's it say? It says, Lewis plus haircuts suck and fuck. Now, we're like this. <laughs> and, there's Lu- and Lewis knows. He knows he's crazy, but he's just like this. Okay. And what does that say about Mr. Hayes? Now, Mr. Hayes was a guy that walked through the quad with his, a very stiff-legged walk and his hands shoved deep in his pockets. So... This was the one that almost sent us to the mental institutions. Hayes plays pocket pool. And again, we're... <laughs> this was Coach uh, Phillips. And then he had that. Now, a lot of you men suffer from Egyptian fever. That's when the iron in your blood turns to lead and settles in your ass. Okay? And then, uh, now, you also have the Chinese itch. This was all these diseases you got if you didn't wash your jockets. Like if you work... Yeah. If, you, if you fought in Korea... <laughs> This was your lexicon. These are the words you knew. And you're dying. You're dying. You're laughing. And, and, you know, you didn't dare didn't want him to catch you laughing, but I think deep down he knew he was being He had to know. Oh, yeah. Funny, those, you know? those guys, uh, yeah. they deadpanned it like euchre. Yeah. yeah. They just knew how to deadpan it. Yeah. I was surprised we, uh, we <laughs> lived. We, we uh, lived through that because I went to Catholic school, too. Like I said, man, that's, uh, that's brutal. And they, I can't yeah, and believe they, I got out of there without getting blown, actually. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, I just realized that. Wow. I heard stories like that, but I never, it never uh, happened to me or close well, to Well, me, that's because they got the priests off the coasts who had the problems. Oh, and yeah. nowadays they prosecute them or they move them somewhere. Back then, <laughs> they idea. just sent them to the parish in Wisconsin. 
Oh, so, swell. Yeah, yeah. So Midwest just, just riddled you guys got with child molesting priests. <laughs> so now listen to me. Uh, um, uh, who are your comedy influences? If you had that oh, yeah. kind of stuff in your head, yeah. that didn't, uh, I mean, believe me, you had natural talent and you worked your ass off at it, but something must have hit when you were watching TV. As well, kid. the earliest ones were Laurel and Hardy and Jackie Gleason, believe it or not. I, I loved the big fat man being able to move his body around the stage. Man, that guy could move. He could, yeah, and, and, and all of that stuff. Stuff like well, you dirty under his breath stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Laurel and Hardy and the just, characters too. He did the the, the, the bartender. Is, yeah, and, 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 and the, the real the drunk, persnickety who, guy. He couldn't do that drunk anymore. But no. who was that drunk? That I uh, can't remember. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Laurel and Hardy because yeah, Frank they, Fontaine would come in as Frankie, the drunk when he was the bartender. Oh, and yeah. people even then people were saying you're making fun of the developmentally disabled. That was even in the '60s. They were saying, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, then. Uh, Along came Firesign Theater, and I just met Phil Proctor for the first time. Wow! And I was like, you know, I couldn't tell the guy enough what an influence they were on me because they did. That's exactly what I wanted to do. All that theater, all those characters, yeah, all that crazy satire. Yeah, that was yeah. like a SNL and SCTV before there was that. There yeah. was National Lampoon Radio right. and Firesign Theater, and they just created all the stuff that's kind of having a rebirth, uh, thanks to your hard work over thirty years. Plus uh, the idea of Podcasting yeah. is now some of that theater of their minds coming back, coming but uh, back. but boy, they were funny. They would just sit around, and then you would get their albums if you were in yeah. college or whatever, and you just get blasted yeah. on pot. Oh, you, and you got really stoned listening to that stuff too. That was, yeah. and, and then you realize, then you start thinking, was it really funny or was it just the weed? You know, I don't know. And then you listen really to funny. them back, and they're pretty funny. Pretty funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, my favorite was uh, they did a th- uh, parody of a kids show called Deputy Dan, <laughs> and uh, th- then they would uh, translate. Translate it into Spanish and translate it wrong back to English. <laughs> it was, uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, Deputy Dan, a su amigo. And then the guy would come on and go, Deputy Dan has no friends. That was his, <laughs> that was his translation. <laughs> See, it's funny. Holds up 50 Those, years later. Phil told me a story. And this is a true story. He was in a Chinese restaurant in North Beach with uh, Peter Bergman. And a gang busted in. With automatic weapons and began spraying the restaurant, Good and they're Lord. under yeah they're under the they're under the table there. Now this is after Farson had broken up, but Phil and, and Peter are still tra- are touring together. The next night in D- in Denver, they tell the story, and Pete tops it off with, "And I didn't get my fortune cookie," and that you know <laughs> told me, "Wow, that that I I wouldn't be able to talk for like six months," and these cats are already. Let's write jokes. Yeah, they're thinking. Yeah. That's amazing. My fortune was get under the table. <laughs> get under the table, yeah. I read that and dove. Yeah. That's but impressive. So Fireside Theater, Jackie Fireside Theater, and then, and then, of course, uh, came. Uh, after that, I think I be, Lenny Bruce, and if you say Lenny Bruce today, a lot of the younger guys are, oh, yeah, that's the guy that we don't, never, yeah, right. we don't really give a shit, but he influenced right. us anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But listening to Lenny Bruce was absolutely funny stuff, man. Forget about whether he used dirty words i mean that, that dude just had obs- the observational stick before anybody and, and yeah super funny stuff man. yeah and he really pushed boundaries he did kind of got you way out there <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like canadian football the field was suddenly 50 <laughs> yards wider but he also just would tell stories like you know how he being in lima ohio you know and uh, and just observational stuff he was great and then i think probably at the very tail end when i I guess you, at some point you're done with the influences, aren't you? And yeah, you got it. You, yeah. you develop your own uh, your own style. But uh, I think Carlin kind of sent us a lot of us yeah. on our way. Okay, that's I hear what he's it's doing. It's okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, that's um, impressive. Now, do you work off a script? 
or do you work off bullet points, or is it all off the top of your head? Bull- bullet points. Bullet and points. then And then off the top of your head from there, you don't know where you're going to go, but you know essentially where you want to go and how you want to do it. Hey, conflict. Of. I like the, the <laughs> fact that they're, like, uh, it's not just uh, uh, Vernon Dozier. Then you got no. the priest there, the, is that McQuarters? That's right, Father James, you know, and uh, and I don't know why. He but keeps needling <laughs> Vernon Dozier. <laughs> You know, for he him. will not get off for an indulger's ass. Yeah. <laughs> and he also goes up high, you know. Like a lot of sure. It's right out of that Barry Fitzgerald central <laughs> casting carry, you know. It's the whole thing. You know, we want an Irish guy, get Barry Fitzgerald, who sounds like this, like he's a leprechaun, you know. Actual Irish guys talk more like this, you know, and uh, went downtown and I saw my girlfriend, but they all want the guy that I way up high and then goes down here, you know. <laughs> Uh, we had a couple of pri- the priests that were Irish, too, and uh, one of them was uh, Father Staley, who'd say things like, so what are you doing this weekend, Phil? This is when I was an adult. Uh, probably watching football, Father. It's uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of beers drunk at that, huh? Yeah, you know, probably you, too, huh, Father? Are you coming over? He's fishing for He's an fi- invite. Well, my dad, when the priests came over on holidays as they would visit the homes, always had a bottle for them. Always. It was like... What's that for, Dad? Well, what do you think? you got three priests coming over. <laughs> so. Like you can buy your way into heaven. That's booze. <laughs> yeah. At least back then. Yeah. So that that's pretty impressive. So so then you, 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 when yeah. do you get the idea? Do you like sit down in the afternoon or does stuff pop in your head or you do it right before the show? It's fascinating you know really because great- I haven't put this kind of prep into anything. <laughs> you know what's a really good show prep tool is Twitter. You write, I've got characters, accounts there, and I just write stuff. Yeah, have accounts go, for some of your characters? Yeah, Vernon oh. Dozier's on there, and uh, Margaret Gray's on there, and uh, Bobby Dooley. And, uh, oh, yeah, Stephen but, Bobby Dooley. Stephen Bobby, yeah. yeah of the uh, Western States Homeowners, Homeowners Association. Association yeah. <laughs> They're my favorite. That's a voice. See, that's a voice I got from listening to the radio, driving into work one night to KFI, and I hear this woman. And we just feel that the uh, uh, seceding from L.A. City, the the, count, uh, the uh, valley at one point wanted to secede from right, L.A. Right. And we and she had a monotone, and she kept saying, "And my husband believes, and my husband believes." So that's how Bobby Steichert, bang, just that character just flowed immediately. Hi, Phil, I'm Bobby. My husband thinks that your show is this or what you know, and she just was. So real, I think she became an instantaneous celebrity because the reality of that voice was, it was easy to do a female voice like that because all you're doing is sort of breathy and just doing this, you right. know. And, <laughs> and another thing, and I thought Steve ought to be there since it's her husband who said, yeah, another thing. I, and my husband He never thinks, quite gets to the mic, yeah. to the phone. He never also, quite gets there. How is he hearing what's going on when there's a seven-second delay, too? That's the other thing. But Nobody <laughs> ever brought up that logic. Never, man, never. Just, you hear people saying, your husband's really butting in a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm thing comes from my mother, who uh, I was raised by a psychopath, basically. And uh, you could have won the Pulitzer Prize, and you could be saying, Mom, I just won the Pulitzer. And she's going, mm-hmm, looking at what pants you're wearing, and the hat's crooked. Sure, you know, the, mm-hmm. the judgment. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So. Judgment. Nice Catholic judgment. <laughs> you can't beat it. You know? No, can't no, you can't. On a can't, warm uh, summer day. We know? pay good money. The Jews have it naturally, but the Catholics <laughs> pay good money to learn that level of judgment. Yeah. That's impressive. And then uh, I really like the Bobby, the Bobby Dooley because uh, uh, her husband can, can't quite get to the phone ever. He's always shouting from about <laughs> three feet behind her. And, and then he's uh, often wrong in his own opinions, according to her. <laughs> he'll go, yeah, yeah, he'll say something. And then she goes, no. No, no Steve, that's not right. Just, just back off, will you, honey? You know, get Mama a drink or something, you know. 
so, uh, yeah. So, 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 so you, you pull off the Twitter sometimes, maybe some of the feedback you're getting. And no, then... just the, the, it'll be like, I had an idea the other day of, uh, Vernon. Uh, in fact, uh, somebody mentioned that NASCAR is losing popularity. It was a writer, a, a guy that I follow and I like him. AJ Perez was writing this. He said, quote, this is coming from someone who covers NASCAR. I can tell you that the fall, the drop off in popularity has to do with higher driver safety. In other words, there weren't as many crashes, you know. Yeah. And it's just as hard as that to believe. And Vernon simply said, so you're telling me there are a bunch of uh, nose-picking hillbillies that want to see people die. I could have told you that, you know. And, and, and that, was, that, was a, that was a whole uh, bit that we did with Vernon saying, let me tell you about NASCAR, okay. I, I love the racing. I grew up in, uh, where are you from, Vernon? I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, why? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Sure did. You think I'm a dumbass there. just based on that? Is that it? So, uh, Everything it. might be an FBI interview <laughs> to Vernon. He's never sure. Exactly. And you see these these dumbasses. Hell, I'd get behind the wheel of a hot car and I'd want to die. Just, you know, and see what it was like. See what it's like to have all those flames coming up outside the window. That kind of shit. You know, and you just. And or a shot in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you've, that's a great uh, show. I find it to be a great show prep, too. I don't know about anybody else. but uh, You'll do it like, yeah, your show last hour. When you do a show, you can go anywhere from like an hour to three, right? Yeah, just anything I want to do. You know, uh, we've done it. I think Optimum is 45 minutes to an hour because we do it every day. And, that's uh, impressive. An uh, hour every day with this stuff. I think it's the radio training. You know, like if you're not doing something, you know, you're making a mistake. And the Catholicism plus radio equals do a podcast every day, you know. <laughs> And so that's what we are, you know. <laughs> uh, that uh, that tip brought to you by Throwbacks, the e-cigarette you light with a match, and incognito you'd never guess we're plumbers. Uh, <laughs> what inside your head? This had to be, I'm going to guess, maybe a little bit natural, physical. You shift gears between voices. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a conversation, even though there isn't overlap necessarily. It feels like there's overlap. How'd you get to that? That's impressive. I don't know. I, I sometimes I don't want to let people know I'm doing it because then I I think I appear to be some kind of a weird freak. You know, especially yeah. females just think it's weird as hell. <laughs> but the ones that like it, I like my girlfriend, for instance. You know, but um, I, I I think uh, Chet, it comes from wanting to recreate the reality of something. And not wanting to have to deal with other actors. You know? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, you did it wrong. Let's try it again, Bob. And this time, uh, I could just do it. And and hearing the naturalness of a conversation is way funnier to me than that real broad, sketchy stuff. Where he goes, where are you going now, honey? Yeah, Out yeah. the door. Whereas if I could recreate the reality of the uh, conversation and then... Um, do it even with the breaths. When you say it sounds like it's overlapping, it's just where you take your breath. For instance, I don't say, hi, Chet, how are you? I go, I, for instance, I'll say, I'll take the breath here, and I'll say, hi, Chet, how are you? So the words are running together a little bit right, more. Right, right, right. The breath control is different. And, wow. Uh, Any sort of breath control yeah. is news to me. That's <laughs> impressive. Uh, but you gotta be, you got to have like three points of view in your head. Because you're thinking Vernon Dozier, yeah. you're thinking Father McQuarter, and uh, you're thinking, uh, you know, uh, if there's a, uh, a pretend caller there. Mm-hmm. That's uh, amazing to me. And, and you're shifting. It's, it's like a lazy Susan flying around your head. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's the, uh, my upbringing. You know, I was left alone a lot. You know, <laughs> seriously. I mean, I had to get away. I grew up in a crazy house, so I had to get the hell away. Why? 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 
What was crazy about you? Oh, my parents argued all the time. There was a lot of really uh, strained uh, anger and uh, a lot of fear running through my house, you know. And uh, so, but, a typical uh, Catholic marriage. There you go. Then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And then the door, the divorce came, and uh, yeah, and then you finally, at some point, you just. Uh, uh, you, you have to interpret all of the stuff that you're seeing, so it comes out in your humor, right. So, you know? so uh, that's the way. So, so yeah, you absorbed yeah. it, yeah. and then kept it in your head, yeah, and, and it took Florida to shake it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> that insanity down there. That's but what I, you said. And then I you get. have your friends who think you're funny as hell. You know, like I said, all the guys you know stand up in the kitchen and and crack people up. So, but I, I will never really be able to figure out. I guess that was just the um, the best way to express myself was through characters and doing it as real as I could. And, uh, cause I'll tell you, man, I'd be driving down the road with my dad and, uh, I took my father to racing, uh, uh, cause he loves automobile races. And my dad leans out because we're sitting, the car's parked and he leans out the window as a guy's walking in front and says, you better watch where you're walking, pal. You get an ass full of car. <laughs> He's serious, you know, an ass full of car. So you combine that line with the serious anger and the almost borderline violence with it, and it's like really funny, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, there were a lot of survival anyway. uh, uh, modes uh, yeah. for guys from that generation. Grew up in the '30s and '40s. They, they just—they're so. I, re- I remember I worked with a guy <laughs> in a print shop, yeah. and uh, he was like the the typesetter, the print setter. He would set the print. And we would be the typesetters, so yeah, we might as well have been full-blown gay to him. Because <laughs> all we did was type while he was putting hot lead in machines yeah, and stuff. Yeah, doing some real work. And, I, you know, and then the editors would come in from the paper, and they were even worse than us because they just wrote stuff. <laughs> At least we were working for a living, according to this guy, yeah. uh, Vern. And, uh, and then the the, uh, the writers would run in and go, we've got to change page one. And he would al- always, always say, who's we? You got a horse turd in your pocket? <laughs> yeah. So they have these old phrases that just live. That live they and help live them on. survive. Yeah, absolutely. That's impressive. To still be able to get that, all of that stuff sorted out in your head and, and yeah. then to think that way and then to do it every day, that's impressive. <laughs> that's just a, a part survival gear from, like you say, from when you were a kid. It yeah, had to be like is. a gear you just got into and went, all right, I'm going to sort through all and this. I, and my kid sister was my best audience. I would do bits for hours with her rolling and laughing and just enjoying it. Philip, do the one where the guy comes limping out of the office after he goes in. You know, I had a bit where I, I played this guy. I was very confident. I've got this job locked. You know, I'm six. Where do I get up? And I walk in. That's Gleason. Yeah. That is Gleason there. And I come out dragging my leg behind me. So the job interview didn't go well. Didn't have to say anything. And there's Marianne just rolling, laughing. She got it, you know. So. Uh, do you ever uh, think about stand-up? I did. I, it's hard. I can't do it, man. I tried. I tried it. Uh, they gave me a night uh, once a month over at uh, the Hollywood Improv, and I tried uh, at various places, Ventura Comedy Club, and I, 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 I don't quite know how to do it, man. I know how to do voices. I can do improvisational things, and, and I can uh, do extended pieces, but that's like stand-up is, you know, joke, yeah. joke, joke, man. You better have a joke, and it better be funny, and, you know, the audience needs to really be there with you, and I, I, I it, it's very... Uh, daunting and uh, intimidating to me. Well, you know, uh, it's, but it's uh, compulsory figures compared to the free skate. You're doing the free skate, baby. Well, <laughs> stand-ups <laughs> are doing jab, jab, hook, boom. You know, yeah. that's, so, so your thing was just a whole different thing. You just stood apart. Well, I was, I'm impressed by stand-up comics. I'm totally, I think. That's pretty amazing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing what those cats are just like able to 
uh, hit a home run. I mean, well, of course, I'm watching him on, on you know, stand-up night on HBO, so I guess it's the best stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, but even then, you know, even if you even if you wander into the fish hut yeah. in Oxnard, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you catch a guy, he's a guy just killing, killing it. He's killing it in the fish hut in Oxnard. <laughs> yeah, those are good yeah. jokes. Though. <laughs> those are some solid jokes. Yeah. So now you're at, but you're acting too. Yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, and not just voiceover. You're doing like on uh, camera. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I got fired from a gig for the first time uh, last month. I won't say the the show, but only two of us auditioned, which was sort of weird to me, but I got the job after like four days and, uh, and it took them what my agent said, I think they want you. It's not just an avail. They want you. And I said, okay. And like two days later, finally. So I went into the gig thinking, I think they wanted somebody else for this part. You know, that's what I tell myself anyway, but it was with a really great cast and a very, very well-known actress that I was in a scene with. And it was a comedy and, and uh, we did the run through for the studio. And they said, uh, my agent calls me and I'm driving home. He says that, they, they they tell it to you in the Hollywood ease, which is they're not moving forward with you. <laughs> Does that mean I'm canned? Yeah, and uh, that never happened to me before, and it did something. Ordinarily, I guess if I wasn't meant for the gig, I would have said, "Well, I'm not going to do that anymore." But I right, told myself, right. "God damn it, I'm not holding back again, ever again." Right. Now I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to get. I don't care if they throw me out because they think they think I'm nuts. I'd rather that than uh, you know, sort of uh, tiptoe into some studio run through and think you know I I, I don't want to mess up so. Uh, that that was a good good experience. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Leave it all on the floor. Yeah. Walk out of there limping. Yeah. <laughs> but I've worked I've worked with James Burroughs, a great TV director. Oh, that guy's crazy. Guy's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, his name's on everything. Yeah, and, uh, and so yeah, I like doing it, man. Um, I like doing it, you know. But uh, like, uh, I want to make the big dollars. See, uh, no, I, I'm <laughs> fine. Up. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, now listen to me, everybody. I got a bona fide big time comic genius with me. Time for advice corner. Actual takeaway from the great Phil Hendry. Now, you just got one there for free uh, if you're into acting. Uh, because, you know, Phil, there's kids out there listening to this. Yes. And, uh, just like us growing up, and you never know what might influence them. So let's see if we can't get him some actual advice. He got one tip there, which is uh, uh, throw it all at uh, Let them think you're crazy yeah. than timid. Better yeah, better, yeah. better, crazy than timid. All right, here's, here's a question. Uh, quick tip for someone trying to be original in radio right now. Is, is there a way to do it? If there's a 25-year-old or something out there that's thinking, hey, how do, how do I bust through this? I would say uh, if, you've get, if you're getting the right experience, I would say just uh, uh, start. We need more fantasy and theatrics. Uh, go back uh, and start bringing some theatrics to it. Do some characters. Bring some, uh, uh, you know, bring some scenery. Right now it's just that these cats are soapboxing on radio and it's all political. Yeah. I think we need to come back to the Average everyday experiences, you know, it doesn't have to be about politics. It can be about the girlfriend and the wife and the street. We need, we got to get back to the street level, right, right, topics and and uh, and bring some theatrics back into it. You know, if you just want to be on radio to give your political point of view, I mean, just you're, in my opinion, contributing to the death of the uh, the medium. But yeah, uh, running thin there. Yeah. Best way to clear your head before uh, your show. How do you clear your head? Uh, or populate your head, I guess, in your case. Or how do you, uh, that might be some of coffee. Both. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Sit down with a cup of coffee and just uh, kind of zone for a few seconds, uh, maybe two or three minutes, and then boom, yeah, I'm good. Are you thinking or are you vacating? I'm kind of vacating, and I'm letting the wow, caffeine, nice. I'm taking, letting that speed happen, you know. And uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. You're feeling uh, the buzz. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Or back when I smoked, it'd be a cigarette. And I, I actually would get great ideas out front of uh, the radio station because they wouldn't let you smoke inside. And 
Although I just saw a film of my, I saw a video of myself smoking at WCCO Minneapolis years ago. I can't believe that, but and standing there. Well, uh, that was uh, <laughs> back. Then, you could smoke. You can still smoke there uh, legally uh, yeah. for warmth in yeah, certain exactly. months of the year. It will just keep your hands warm. Damn cold, man. Yeah, yeah. They still have kerosene yeah. hand heaters up there. <laughs> right kerosene next to their cigarette lights, lighter. Yeah. <laughs> a little scary. Favorite travel tip. Uh, favorite travel just tip went is, to the Maldives. Uh, yeah, just, oh wow, you know, yeah, get some sleep, man. But not while you're driving. Um, get to wherever you're going as fast as you can. Yeah, that's not bad. Oh, I like always, that. Always go first class or business class if you can afford it. I know, but you can if you save your points and save up your American Express. You can do it, man. You get bumped up. Yeah, it does make a it does big make a difference. Trip, yeah. I just went. We went to the Maldives and we flew Emirates business class, which you might as well be in. Heaven, man. I've never in my whole life seen anything like it. And uh, they got guys, and you're figuring this is a Muslim country. These cats are not going to. And the guy's going, You look like maybe a vodka man to me. You know, this is a flight attendant. (laughs) I said, Not really. Uh, How about cognac? Yeah, okay. And he made me an espresso cognac martini. Wow. The greatest thing I ever had in my life. You got your own barista. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm starting to save my points. Good way to remedy a sore throat because that's something you cannot afford. Best way to remedy a sore throat is to, uh, 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 you got to dry it out somehow, man. Um, do you think it's, it's too wet? It feels well, dry, if it's sore, it's if it's sore from a viral or back, you know, a, a cold, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do, but, uh, if you got a sore throat just from talking, the best thing is to, you know, don't talk, man. Spend a day not to, don't whisper for sure. Whispering actually damages your cords even more. Wow. Yeah. So don't man. talk, rest your voice. But if you have a cold, Dive into the ocean if you're around an ocean. Salt water up through the nose and down. Oh yeah, is a miracle worker. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. That's, uh, it's like a nature's uh, a yeti. Pot. What do they call it? A yeti pot. Yeah, is exactly. that the name of it? Yeti pot. Yeah, the you're saying do the hell with that because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of cumbersome, and then you got yeah. snot on your kitchen sink. Exactly. Yeah. You're saying just go for a swim. <laughs> Leave it all out there. Yeah, that pot like. It's got to come out the other nostril. It's going on yeah, the floor, down your shirt. Yeah, what is this? It's, uh, Look at how convenient this is. <laughs> the physics yeah. are beyond me. All right, best way to get into character. Um, if you're thinking, all right, you're going to do Vernon Dozier. Start, start, Take start, us through start, a Vernon Dozier. Okay, I'll, I'll start talking like Vernon. I'll start, uh, yeah, I'm Vernon Dozier, and this is Belmar Academy. We are. I used to be a great coach. This year went two and six. <laughs> Boy, that hurt. That stings. And uh, now when I go work the subway shop in the summertime, because I do need the extra money. I'm a teacher after all. Oh, you folks out there might, after six years of hearing me do that, you might get an idea. And then I got to talk to these parents. Well, I just as soon take that mayo, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Vernon's already three gears into really piss. (laughs) You're five sentences in. But that's how you do it. You you lock into their headspace and boom, you're gone. You lock into the headspace and do do the character. Get into character. Talk like the character. Walk. I'm not like a method actor or anything, but, you know, walk, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah. You know, you got it, man. Impressive advice. That advice corner brought to you by U-Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. And Mojave's, Death Valley's only hobby store. Now, it's time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. Phil Henry, these are sports takes hotter than a marshmallow toasted by a narcoleptic. Fire number one. Is soccer finally catching on, or are we just getting it relentlessly jammed down our throat like spiced pumpkin lattes? It's happening. Yeah, it's, it's happening. happening. They've right. got all those clubs that uh, uh, the uh, NBC has got uh, Fox. 
Is it NBC? NBC is both, I think. And uh, I even have my team, Everton, which is just sucks. I hope they don't get relegated. That's how much they suck. But uh, that's that whole thing in England where yeah. if you don't, uh, you go down, to, a, you go down to like uh, college ball. The low, yeah, essentially, yeah. They don't have the franchise system over there. You own a team, you could get into the league if you're good enough. If not, they don't care. Get lost. So there, there's no real league, except you do get a what they call a parachute payment if you get kicked out of the Premier League. Wow. Yeah. But uh, uh, Gary, look into one of those for me. <laughs> Parachute favorite. Yeah, I want one of those. But yeah, it's. I, I think it is definitely happening, and uh, they've got fan clubs all up the wazoo. So you watch. Stage. I do, and you I, really I, like I love it. it, man. It's like basketball. If you look at the soccer field like a basketball court, it's basically the same flow of the game. You know, you're bringing yeah. the court, you feed the middle. You know, there's a lot of banging that goes on and under the basket. Same thing in front of the in front of the goal. Right, and. Uh, and some amazing athletes, man. You know, hey, they should, brother. They should get that Italian influence in the NBA, where guys flop. They don't have flopping down really good in the NBA yet. Oh yeah, the Italians right, have yeah. Uh, turned it into an art. F- it's opera in in basketball. Get, in uh, no, in in soccer. Soccer, yeah. Like a guy will sort of sneer at them, and, and boom, they've snapped the knee <laughs> exactly, clean yeah. in half. They're yeah. on the field for two yeah. minutes. But they have a penalty called simulation. Oh. Simulation. Yeah. That's the penalty, you know, because the BBC guys are there. It's the yeah. penalty. Simu- well, what he did right there is he simulated. He's not hurt, really, you know. Oh, okay. Thank you. Right. And it says, this broadcast for the United States only. So these two <laughs> British guys know that they're talking to Yanks. It's, it's Idiots. a riot. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be like a, a purple card. Yes. Simulation. simulation, yes. Some very dramatic. Fire number two! Who's your dark horse to win the college football playoff? It's looking like Alabama's in trouble with that kid hurt. I think um, I'll go with Louisiana. That's not a dark horse, though, is it? Well, but I don't know. Some people are saying Ohio State and Clemson are going to clean the floor with it. Clemson's so good, man, year in and year out. They're uh, sneaking in under the wire. I hate hate the Big Ten growing up where we grew up, but uh, maybe Ohio State, but I still think LSU. LSU. That's the shot. Fire number three. UFC, any chance the blood and near death is wearing thin? <laughs> I, I don't watch it as much as I did. Uh, the big, so the, you like you? you I did, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I got to tell you, it's the only pugilism, the only sport, to be honest with you, where the women are badass. I mean, they're as good as the guys. I watch a, a, a woman's bout every bit as much as a man's. You know, tennis. Do you watch the females as much as the guys? Sometimes, sometimes not. Maybe. But the women go at it, and they're fast, and they hit hard, and they, there's uh, everything that you want. So. Is it getting too brutal? Because uh, they just bang on a guy when he's down. I don't know. That's I, weird to me. I, I used to, When they had Mayweather going up again, when they, that Mayweather-McGregor uh, oh, fight yeah, it was yeah. so interesting. And uh, Conor McGregor, of course, the real personalities bring, bring you out. I, I haven't bought. The other thing is DirecTV screwed me on a couple of those uh, pay-per-views, so I, I swore them off. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to use you ever again next week. You know, I'm signing up. <laughs> So, <laughs> black market. Yeah. I'm signing up through another. Night. I don't know. Hard to say, man. Uh, boxing is still with us. Yeah, it's you true. Know, it's still with. I don't know how popular. We don't have the compelling champions like we did uh, back in the day. But uh, I think that's what it takes, Chet. Yeah, you need to have personalities. A yeah, someone who's really and that's why we got to keep the borders open because the, <laughs> the new ethnic groups come in, yeah. and it's just a train of uh, ethnic groups coming through. Boxing. Interesting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they, 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 they need to do it because they can't get jobs anywhere else. And then, uh, <laughs> so uh, pretty soon, the the, the guys from uh, Qatar. Or boxing. <laughs> kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, kicking ass. Yeah. You know, the one uh, women's sport that I do watch is golf because I, uh, yeah. I think their swing 
is closer to what any amateur's swing should be. Really? Yeah, because the guys, are, they're like robots. Uncorking, man. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. Yeah. But you watch a woman, that's a swing. Finally, fire number four. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Should guys be forced to wear suits and ties to football games again? In the audience. <laughs> Yes. 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 I think we yeah, yeah, I mean, why you not? remember those great shots yeah. of uh, of uh, the frozen tundra in yeah. 1963, People. and there's Lombardi, and then there's a, a 50,000 guys behind them dressed just like Vince Lombardi. Like him. Yeah, yeah. It used to be that way, and I think it would it would do us good. It would do us it would do us all the world of good if we all just got into our suits and ties and stood around, you know, on a cold day. I don't care what they're doing on the field. Yeah, I definitely. I definitely dig that idea, you know. And, and they wear those old corny hats, you know, that yeah. like Popeye Doyle had in the movie Fridge Connection. Sure, wear those sure. too, yeah. Sure, the pork pie, right? Yeah. Sitting on the top of the head like a snowman. <laughs> that fiery four brought to you by beige, the color with no holiday baggage. Now, uh, I hope you might have a pop quiz for me. Uh, three questions of any kind, whether just a factual answer. could be food, geography, radio, uh, music, sports, anything you want. Three like trivia questions, and uh, I'll try to answer them. I am uh, six uh, eighty-one and two now, uh, which is uh, even for Vernon Dozier a bad season. Okay, the original yeah. franchise that now we know as the L.A. Clippers. Where did they start? San Diego. I believe that's wrong. I think oh, it was Buffalo. That's the my Buffalo man. Braves. The Buffalo Braves. And then right. they moved to San Diego and, and became San Diego. the San Diego Clippers, which makes logical sense because <laughs> it's a shipping port. Yes. And yeah. then they moved to L.A. and they kept the name. The Buffalo Brave thing, I don't know. All right. Um, yeah, I was scared. Bob McAdoo was their big guy. <laughs> All right. Um, my next question has to... I didn't get these together. Oh, you don't have Sorry. to. Believe me, I'm already 0-1. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, maybe half. I might have snuck a half. Um, all right. So uh, my next question would be, uh, my next question would be, uh, my next question would be. <laughs> Anything you want. These? All right. Um, what? Um, Here, we'll play our theme what song. Did Zim- give what was the time. original name of the country Zimbabwe? Oh, brother. Well, actually, oh, that uh, probably was the original name. Then they changed yeah, it. Yeah, the, 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 the white guys came in. White guys changed uh, it too. From uh, England. No, South Africa. England. Portugal. Uh, I'm going right, with England. Rhodesia. What? Rhodesia. That's right. That's correct. Holy crap. One and one. one, and one. Yeah. Rhodesia is Damn. The and now we'll play the theme song because this will give you a little time to think of something if you're not distracted by the musical brilliance of this theme song. Pop quiz. All right. Pop quiz. And now here's the final question. This has to do with how do you spell the word as it relates to newspapers, lead? They killed or buried the lead. Yeah, buried the lead. I'm going to take a shot here. Uh, L-E-E-D-S, and the S is silent. <laughs> That's a town in England where the who played. No, L-E-D-E. Oh! The lead. Oh, so it's not even the... the, the it's not, yeah, 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 it's not L-E-E, and that's not uh, yeah, L-E-D. Well, them newspaper guys, they got some weird lines, but they drink a lot. Exactly, and I didn't know the answer to that until, like, Two weeks ago, when I was writing lead, and somebody said, "You know, it's spelled L-E-D-E." That was Bobby Dooley. Correct? It was Bobby. And I said, "Are you Bobby Dooley?" Because no, but I know her. You know, so <laughs> they all know each other yeah, yeah. at that level of guilt. <laughs>
That pop quiz brought to you by Chef They Are D, the gender-neutral can of ravioli. All right, this is unbelievable. What a thrill. My guest today, the great Phil Hendry. Follow Phil on Twitter, at RealPhilHendry. Catch his podcast, The Phil Hendry Show, and go to PhilHendryShow.com for all things Phil Hendry. If you ever get a chance, uh, just turn on whatever device you're listening from and uh, and uh, listen to Phil Hendry. Phil, thank you thank so much you for so coming. Thank you so much. Man, Chad, I had a great time, brother. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Hey, the kid's got an album coming out, an 800-pound gorilla. I support my sponsor, All Things Comedy. Hit that website and knock yourself out. Hey, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be calling all the action at Caesars Las Vegas, where David Blaine will be digested live by a python and somehow still get chips. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.